You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings. Welcome inside The Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Actually, Jason Smith and Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes today, a planned week of vacation. Guys will be back on Monday. They'll be ready to go. Doug is actually in later on this morning for Colin Coward here at Fox Sports Radio. I want to spend a minute here and thank you all for tuning in, spending some of your morning with us here. And, and look, one thing here at Fox Sports Radio, we are always very cognizant. We are very fortunate to be able to do what we do and very fortunate to be able to do what we do for you. And our plan is to always be here for you every single day as uh, the days of living and, and living in isolation and being away from each other continue to mount. Uh, this is something that we love being able to do for you here. Uh, Rob Parker will be along in a moment. Uh, Jason Smith again and Rob in today. My show normally heard nights here on Fox Sports Radio from 7 to 11. Rob, part of the Odd Couple with Chris Broussard every day from 4 to 7. And the one thing we have as far as what's been keeping us going for the past few weeks is the National Football League, which has been the gift that keeps on giving all the time. I mean, without NFL news, it, it, I, I can't believe what we'd be talking about the past few days. Rob, I mean, you know, we, we have, you know, obviously with the National Basketball Association and, and all the sports thinking about when they're coming back. But, you know, the NFL has been, you know, we've been lucky to get news from them, whether it's free agency moving on or, or certain things where, where players are going, we get into the draft. And if we didn't have that, it'd be pretty tough but uh having this to to, you know kind of fall back on and and form the bare bones of what we do every day i mean this is something at least we could push this forward and it's a really nice distraction for everybody to listen to uh no doubt about it uh jason because you're right uh the well is almost dry and after the free agent and and free agency and the draft then it'll be very interesting to see where we can go and you know you just don't want to sit around and do list every day you know some people are doing that Mm-hmm. Because it's oh just there's nothing. Every, but every show is doing let's yeah, let's but, list this. Here's the what's the greatest blank of all time? What's exactly. this of all time? Every show and you amazing. can't you can't do that. You know what I mean? After a while, that becomes just uh, so passe, so stale. But um, yeah, the NFL has at least uh, given us something to talk about, and um, it's going to be interesting. You know, I I do understand some of the GMs who are saying about the draft. Uh, whether or not it should go forward because they can't meet the people and, and talk to them. And, Jason, I think this isn't coming from, you know, some sports writers or uh, talking heads who are saying, no, there should be no draft because look at what's going on in the country. This is GMs with real things. When you want to hire somebody, Jason, normally you want to meet them, don't you? And you really want to get a feel for them. I want to see what kind of handshake this guy has. I want to see where his head is. So I do understand some of the concerns. It seems like the NFL, regardless to some of the – because for them to even go out and say that they're going to find people who who rip the idea of or, or you know, speak out against it says a lot, that, that they would have to go to those extremes – to uh, try to silence people who are just saying we need more time before we make a decision like this. But it seems like they're hell-bent to have the draft no matter what. You know, and, and that's the thing is that I think there's been a perspective lost 
on what the NFL draft really means at, at, at this point. Because, you know, it's, it's not just about meeting the players. It, you know, it's, it's not just about being able to do their job. Look, Mickey Loomis talked about it a few days ago. So did John Elway. Uh, he, was the, he was the last guy to really say something, and that's when uh, Roger Goodell said, okay, you're fine if you say something because, you know, right. Elway's a really powerful voice who wanted to nip that in the butt. You know, I get that everybody wants to do it, but also I get the, the optic. You know, last week I talked about on the show, I talked about how on my show at night, I talked about how, you know, the more days that go on and the more that the NFL does business as usual, it's a really bad optic with what's going on in the country. And it's, it's, it's going to be difficult to play it out that way. And, you know, the NFL has been, you know, let's, we, we, we need the draft. Let's push the draft. Let's push it. Let's do it. And I, I get it from the business angle of, well, look, if we do it now, who knows what's going to happen in the country in a, in a few months if we're able to do it, if we postpone it. But my reaction would be, but if we postpone it and we really can't do it, how important is the NFL draft? And and that's really where I think people are, are missing this right now is that if we push the draft and didn't have it, right, let's just say we pushed it and we did it in a month or two months, whatever it was, after we were able to come back, no one's losing jobs. You know, I mean, the NFL draft isn't saving lives. You know, and, and, and there's the whole, we need the draft more than ever. We need it, we need it, we need it. I'm like, yeah, the draft is entertainment. You know, that's what it is. It's like watching Tiger King, you know, that everybody's doing, or or, or some kind of, of entertainment, however you're doing at home to keep yourself going. You know, it, it, it's not saving lives. It's the NFL draft. It, it's We're going to have it at some point. It's going to happen. We're going to have a show. There's going to be pageantry about it, but it really is is a, a part of entertainment right now. And and just because people are bored and I well we got to have the draft I'm going crazy. Okay, well it's only it's been a couple of weeks, you know, and and, and really that's the place of this. This is nice. It's good to talk about cuz it gets everybody's uh, attention away from from everyday life and that's awesome. We're going to get into Tua Tagovailoa his situation coming up in a couple minutes, but that's really how I look at the draft is this is something that it's it's entertainment. It's it's a piece of what can take us away from stuff right now. It's not this you know this woven into the fabric of what we have to have happen right now. And I think that but we're kind of losing perspective on that a little bit sometimes. No, I agree I agree with that because of Everything else that has stopped. I mean, you know what? Every everybody else has stepped down and said, "We get it. Uh, we we can't go forward." You know, we just got out of March. That was supposed. That's our uh, our epic month in sports, isn't it? When when we have all these things going on, March Madness, NBA people are are uh, trying to make the playoffs and pl- playoff position. Major League Baseball opening day starts. You know, you just have so many things going on at once, NHL playoffs, you know, March is, is usually our great month, and it came to a screeching halt. So the whole idea, and I agree with you, that the, that the NFL draft has to go on uh, given the circumstances. I, I, I just think that that's a little bit over the edge. And again, for the commissioner to have to stymie his people, these are the GMs who are saying, I don't know if we should do this. Do you know what I mean? The people oh, who do – who Just do this business? Threat- yeah, he's threatening everybody with saying, "No, you can't talk about it. it's grounds for discipline." I mean that—that's not this country. That's not. Yeah, you know, it's not saying, "Okay, you, if you disagree, you're going to be fined." This isn't. You know, they want to do it because they want to have a you know more time off. This is. You know, everybody has. They want to do reasons. their jobs correctly, yeah. and they want to do their due diligence. You you have a bad draft or pick a couple of bad guys that don't really work. And, and it could mess up what, what you have going or mess up your future. So I do get why they want to make sure that they get the right guy. And you know the same thing. 
it's like Jason, uh, like a guy being on Tinder. It's one thing to 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 uh, see somebody's picture and swipe and and all that. It's another thing to meet them in person, right, and see what they really look like, what their personality is. You know, some dimensions maybe in real life. You know, like it's a dimensions. totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. You're spoken like someone. Are you on Tinder? Are you not, swiping right now? I'm not on Tinder, but. Oh, Tinder, Rob Parker. But, he enjoys the Golden Girls and that's sports. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and, and and calling Tom Brady the most overrated of all time. Oh, swipe right on Rob Parker. There you go. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not on it, but. But you know what I'm saying? There's a big difference between looking at somebody's profile and meeting them in person and whether or not there's a chemistry or you feel for them. So I think that's why the GMs are a little bit cautious. Yeah, and also, look, nobody ever wants to get fired, especially now. You know, you're seeing what's happening with, with, with jobs as it's getting more difficult for to hold on to them as, as we go on without, you know, without business as usual. And, you know, but in the NFL, guys don't want to lose their jobs anyway. They really don't want to lose their jobs now. So it's like, wait a minute, if we have a bad draft, if I overvalue a player or do something that, that is going to really, you know, hurt me, I, I, I really don't want to lose my job. I want to make sure that we're drafting. The, we, this is a really important draft that we get the right guys in here so we can continue to move forward. And, and you know, top to bottom, guys like, well, we, we got to make sure. So I completely get where they're coming from. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, look, Roger Goodell, when it's come to moral decisions in the past, he has never been able to make the right decision on, on any different scale. And I'm, and, and I, I see the tone deaf responses from him on things. And I go, Oh my God, there's, there's nobody to throw that emergency break and go, Hey, maybe this is not the message we want to get out here that will discipline you. If you talk about postponing the NFL draft, I mean, right? But while, while the rest of the, <laughs> while the rest of the country has been postponed and canceled everybody else. Right. But, but God forbid you think this isn't the right time to hold our NFL draft, we're going to come down on you. I mean, it just, it, the, the, like you say, the optics, the way it, it just doesn't look right and it doesn't feel right either that he had to issue that to stop people from just voicing their concerns over doing the draft at this time. Jason Smith and Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Rob at Rob Parker FS1. But we are moving forward with the draft, and it is something a lot of people are interested in and, and want this as a distraction to talk about because, look, it's fun to talk about where Tua Tungaviola is going to wind up going in the draft. In the past 24, 36 hours, that's really been the storyline, has been the, the rise of Tua Tungaviola, which. Honestly, Rob, we, we, we told you this was going to happen for a while because quarterbacks rise. You know, it's coming off the, the college football season. Tua has the bad hip, and it's, well, you know, I don't know about Tua. Who knows who's going to wind up getting him? And, you know, Joe Burrow's going number one overall with the season he had, which is probably the best season, single season anybody's had as a quarterback in college football history with what no, he was able to put up. And, Jason, and, you're right about that. And I still say anybody who could pass – who needs a quarterback who passes on a guy who put together the greatest college football season as a quarterback. I just think that's a mistake. I think like you got to take him no matter what. And then, you know, and, and see how that thinks, because if you don't take that guy and he, he winds up being that guy, it'll be a huge mistake for a franchise. Yeah. And, 
look, Burrow is clearly the guy in, in Cincinnati, right? They're locked in on him, especially now thinking about what the situation is in the country where you can't where, where these you know teams can't go and interview players and I find it hard that someone's gonna rise up and pass Joe Burrow. You know, if they if they had a lot of time to spend with Tua and Tua's going back and forth, he's doing all of these different things, the Bengals fall in love with him. I don't think that's gonna happen this year. I don't think there's one of those uh, you know, meteoric rises from we don't know where this is, he's overtaking the guy at number one. So if if the Bengals are locked in on Joe Burrow, and here comes Tua rising up draft boards as as we've been hearing, and look, I take Tua number one. You know, there's a reason there was tank for Tua going on. No one was tanking for Joe Burrow, but where this draft is really going to get interesting, where that could change the NFL for a decade, is you have the Bengals taking Burrow at number one, and then you have at number two the Redskins seemingly locked in on Chase Young. Right. Like they're going to find every way to not take a quarterback because they have Dwayne Haskins. They took him last year. They brought in Kyle Allen and they're going to they're going to do what the Giants did with Saquon Barkley two years ago. This is a generational talent who we see once every 25 years in the draft. We have to take Saquon Barkley. We can't take Sam Darnold or another quarterback. We still have Eli Manning. And meanwhile, Saquon Barkley had a great rookie year and just a meh second year in the NFL. But they wanted to find a way to, to not take a quarterback, so we're going to tell you how great this guy's supposed to be. And the same thing's happening with Washington. Look, Chase Young could turn out to be a phenomenal player, but you have Tua, who, who could be a franchise quarterback of franchise quarterback sitting there at two, and the Redskins seem to be locked in on, no, 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 we have to have Chase Young. This guy's going to be the next Lawrence Taylor. He's going to be X, Y, and Z. Now, there's no way, there's no way. Now, you can agree or disagree with that strategy for the Redskins, but this puts the hot-button pick at three. Because what the Lions do at three is going to change the NFL for a decade. They take Tua, and suddenly Tua comes in to try to restart that franchise. They deal Matthew Stafford to a team like the Patriots or the Chargers, where Stafford's still a pretty good, valuable quarterback who's going to throw 30 touchdowns and give you 12 picks a year and then throw for 45 to 5,000 yards. I mean, he's still that kind of quarterback. Or the Lions decide we're staying with Matthew Stafford and someone comes up to get to it at three, whether it's the Chargers, maybe the Patriots, as they talked about in the Boston Globe the last couple of days. Maybe it's the Dolphins who come up and that's where Tua starts his career. For me, the draft really starts at number three because that pick is like a which way book. One way it starts the NFL this way, one way it goes another way. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And, and you know, I covered the Lions when, during the Matt Millen era uh, when he was GM. That. Yes, I'm it, sorry, it was okay? pretty bad. I, I'm it was, sorry about that. Yeah. I'm still scarred, but, but <laughs> you know, I, I, I covered basically every Lions game home and road for 20 years and uh, just saw the mess that is that franchise. In fact, here's, here's my favorite. Uh, during the Matt Millen era, they had two, not one, Jason, two, 24-game road losing streaks. Not one, but two of them, which is impossible in the NFL, which is filled with parity. That's how bad that franchise has been. And Bob Quinn is the GM. He came from New England, has, has not done a good job. And there's this blind loyalty to, to, loyalty to Matthew Stafford, who I call Stat Patford. Uh, oh, look at you. Because he puts up those numbers that you mentioned. Yes, every year he has unbelievable numbers. Doesn't beat any good teams. They're 0-3 in the playoffs uh, with Stafford. Just for a first overall pick, a guy who a couple of years ago was the number one, I mean the highest paid player in the league, the, the results haven't been there. And uh, I, I think that the Lions should step out of the box 
uh, get Tua and and change the franchise and just say 10, 11 years with this guy who is the overall number one pick without any results isn't good enough. And, and regardless, and if he goes somewhere else and does it, that's fine. But he just hasn't done it. How could you be that player with those numbers? And everybody makes excuses. Oh, he don't have the running game. Oh, the defense is this. Oh, he don't have that. At one point on that team he had, and Dominican Sue and Calvin Johnson, and their defense one year was in the top five, and they still didn't do anything come playoff time. They went to the playoffs and lost uh, in, in the first game they played. So my point is, if I'm the Lions and I'm really trying to do something different and, and to get off the status quo and not be satisfied with 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven or 7-9, seven and nine, knowing that with Stafford you're going to be right about that, but but go look at his record against uh, Jason, trying to win games against teams over 500. They have not won the division during the Matthew Stafford era. Not once. Not once. I think that's unbelievable, and I think it's time for a change in Detroit. You know, I, I like to think that the Lions are going to have that sort of forward thinking, like, okay, we've had Stafford for a decade now, and look where it's gotten us, right? A couple of times we, we sniffed the playoffs, we got in, but really, in the end, we've seen the best of Matthew Stafford. Now, he can go to another team, and suddenly you're in a different system, and, and you get a, a restart, and you, you know, different coaching, and who knows what that can do to him. Uh, you know, that's what I, you got to be bold at some point, because you only, you only have this pick once. You know, because look, you don't want to have happen to you what happened to the Giants, right? The Giants decided, no, no, we're all in on Eli. We love Eli. We're going to draft Saquon Barkley. Okay, what are you doing the next year? We're reaching for Daniel Jones. Uh, okay, so now they're trying to make Daniel Jones work, who, you know, was okay for a couple of games last year, but widely, you know, you turn the ball over a ton. He had as many turnovers as he had touchdowns last year. So, you know, but the... The Giants are now going back saying, oh, boy, if we had taken Josh Allen, you know, if they had taken Sam Darnold, who knows what, what it would be. And the Lions are going to fall into that big uh, chasm as well if they don't say, hey, let's make something happen and let's be gutsy. Because really, how, how much longer are you going to go with Stafford? If he has another couple of years, like, all right, now we, now we really have to move on from him. Oh, great. Well, you could have had Tua. You know, you could have been okay at the quarterback position for another decade, maybe plus, and instead you wound up trading it away. I, I think the typical Lions thing to do and what they're going to wind up doing, they're going to say someone come get this pick and someone's going to come up, whether it's the Chargers or it might be tough for the Patriots because it's a lot of draft capital to give up, but maybe Belichick calls Matt Patricia and says, you know, you're going to do this for me because, you know, you have this head coaching job because of me and Matt Patricia says, okay, but someone's going to come up or the Dolphins, someone's going to come up and get that pick. If they don't, if they're not not taken to a they're not staying at three and that's what they're going to wind up doing because that's the lions you know they'll say oh we're going to get a treasure trove of picks and we're going to restart our team and you know we're already good at quarterback and it's it's going to be people just you know convincing themselves of one thing when you know when you think too much about it and go well okay we've had this guy for 10 years we could go have this guy for 10 years and maybe things are different yep yeah, I, I i'm i'm with you it's it, it's that time uh and and i think the lions it'll be interesting bob like i said bob quinn came from new england it's basically uh, New England um, Midwest because they brought in so many people from there. Even the coach Matt Patricia, uh, they 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 just they just I don't know where the direction is. I don't know where they're going. I don't I, I, I they they're blinded by Matt Stafford's numbers, and I don't know how real they are. And that's why you know I gave him the nickname because a lot of time when you're behind, you know, in games, what happens? The the defense relaxes and lets you throw 
throws the ball in front of you. You know what I mean? Or you score late touchdowns to make the game close, even though you weren't in the game for most of it. And uh, so, so there's a lot to, to, that needs to happen. And uh, I think, too, I, I just would take the gamble at this point. A decade is more than enough, more than enough, when you think of some of the other quarterbacks out there, Jason, who are not as talented as Matt Stafford, who have won playoff games and done a lot more than he has. He just hadn't done it. Twitter at how about a fresca Rob at Rob Parker FS1 the Dan Patrick show here on Fox Sports Radio Jason Smith Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes we got more NFL talk coming your way supposedly Tom Brady is going to let loose in a big interview next week but is he really going to let loose what to expect we got that coming up next keep it right here this is Fox Sports Radio Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, we just spent the past few minutes talking about the NFL draft and where the Lions can control things, uh, the NFL really, for 10 years, if depending on what they do at number three, either taking two and Gatunga Viola, who it looks like is going to wind up cemented going at that pick, whether it's the Lions or or the Lions trading out of the pick and someone up coming up to get him. And really, Rob, I, I feel like this is one of those situations where, you know, the, the, the course of the NFL, really, it is going to change forever because of this. So whatever decision, look, you could say, hey, whoever a, a team takes, you know, changes the NFL, sure. But, you know, it's really, they have the power to take the NFL one way or another. Either, you know, you have this franchise quarterback that, that you know, is one of the best prospects we've seen in a few years that's either going to do it in Detroit and it's going to change the rest of the NFL or somebody else is coming up and it's changing the NFL that way. It's really one of those which way things where, you know, one path is, 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 is going to be chosen and one's going to be not taken because of what the Lions sit there and do. That's such an interesting thing. I see it number three. Like, really, for me, that's the whole draft right there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially I, – I think it's a harder decision. Uh, obviously, if Stafford and they had won playoff games in divisions, then you wouldn't even have this conversation. Do you know what I mean? But, but it, it's been a, a decade of fruitlessness. It's just there's nothing there to hang your hat on other than some empty numbers uh, that hadn't gotten Detroit anywhere. So I, so I think the time has come. Joining us now on the hotline for more, Chris Canny, our friend here at Fox Sports Radio, Super Bowl champion, Fox Sports 1 NFL analyst. Chris, good morning. How's it going? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? All right. Hey. Hanging in there. Before we get into to what's going on, how have you been the past few days as, as you get used to the new normal life we've had the past couple of weeks here? Well, it's an adjustment, but I don't want to complain about it too much. There are some folks out there that are really hurting, so thoughts and prayers are with them this morning, people that are being affected by the virus. So this is one of those things that we all got to recognize we're on the same team, and we all got to do our part to try to contain the spread and flatten the curve. All right, as we try to take people's minds off of things here on the show, Rob and I were talking about the NFL draft and what the Lions are going to wind up doing at three, if two is going to be the pick for them or if they're going to deal out of it. What do you see happening here? Well, I think the draft starts at three, but when you're talking about the Lions quarterback situation, let's keep this in mind. Based on the economics, 
Matt Stafford will be a Detroit Lion this upcoming season. Now, after the season, maybe they have some other options, but the Detroit Lions are locked into Matt Stafford for at least one more year. Now, as far as Tua goes, this is an unusual situation just because you don't have the benefit of the medical recheck in Indy that would be going on around now, and then you don't have the pro-day work, pro workout that you would typically see from a prospect that's going to be drafted as high as Tua. So with your doctors not having the full picture from the medical standpoint, it makes it a risky decision. But if you're a quarterback-needy team, it's one of those risks that you have to strongly consider because of the upside of the player. Chris, when you look at Matt Stafford, I mean, first overall pick, a decade there in Detroit, no playoff wins, no division. And I'm not saying it's all on him, but but those special quarterbacks sometimes can get you there even when he, when they don't have everything that they need. When you look at Stafford and his career to this point, he's made a lot of money, he's put up a lot of empty numbers, but but the wins aren't there. Is it good enough to go forward? And I'm not talking about the financial part. I'm just talking about his play and what's happened to the Lions in the last decade. Well, Matt Stafford is a quarterback that you can win with. I don't want to put what's happened in the last decade solely on him, although I I recognize he does play the quarterback position and he has the greatest impact from a player standpoint on what the team is going to do. But if you look at the Lions, historically they have not been well run, and it starts at the top. Now, I don't want to sit here and focus on ownership because we all know that that's not going to change. The Ford family will be the owners of the Detroit Lions, but the general managers, the coaches over the years, I think that's what you have to look at. The organization has not found the right football people to make sound football decisions. That's how you force a legend like Barry Sanders to retire while he's still in his prime. Same thing that we saw from Calvin Johnson a few years ago. So I don't want to put this on Matt Stafford. I think it's an organizational failure for not putting the pieces in place to take advantage of the talent that they have. Chris Candy with us here, Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show, Jason Smith, Rob Parker, in for Dan and the Danettes. All right, Chris, as we, as we get away from the draft for a couple minutes now, Tom Brady uh, is set to do an interview with Howard Stern next week, and supposedly he's going to, quote, let loose uh, when he talks to Howard about potentially what's going on with the New England Patriots. Uh, you know, I know people are excited about this, but I, I mean, I, I know Tom Brady. I know what we've seen from for the past 20 years. I, I don't think he's going to give us all kinds of crazy stuff. He may drop a crumb here where, hey, the Patriots never made me a contract offer or our conversation was five minutes. But I I don't think suddenly we're going to get Brady airing his dirty laundry about Belichick and the Patriots. Well, Jason, the first thing I want to know is, is he paying rent on that palatial estate that he's renting from Derek Jeter? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure if I'm, I'm, sure if I'm Derek Jeter, I want some cash for it. I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> I want to know, man. When I found out the tax bill on that thing every year is over two hundred grand, I was saying, wow, it must be nice to have friends like Derek Jeter that let you stay in their place during the football season. <laughs> He's going to show up and walk in, and there's there's going to be women saying they're going to say, "Oh no, I've been living here for the past like fifth. I got to leave now." Ah, oh, all right, fine, all right, I'll get out. All right, all right well, welcome, least, Tom. Hey, Giselle. Well, well, at least on their way out, they'll get their uh, gift box on their way out. You know, <laughs> exactly. Cheatersburg. Exactly. exactly. No, guys, I think when when we hear Tom Brady on the Howard Stern show next week, everybody will. We'll tune in to try to get some insight as to how the process went that led to him leaving New England this offseason. We recognize that Tom Brady, the last couple of offseasons prior, 
have been asking the Patriots for a contract extension, and Bill Belichick has been reluctant to give it to them. They prefer to go year-to-year on their approach with them because, let's face it, nobody's seen a quarterback in his early 40s have the level of success that Tom Brady has had. He's got an MVP and a Super Bowl on his resume in his 40s. I mean, how rare is that? So I can understand why Belichick wouldn't want to commit to him financially long-term, but you're also talking about extenuating circumstance because this is the greatest quarterback of all time. So I think people want to get insight as to what led to this actually happening and was it Tom Brady deciding to leave or was it Bill Belichick pushing him out of the door? And I'd say arguably the best quarterback because I'm not convinced. Um, Joe Montana, in my eyes, is the GOAT. But anyway, when you talk about oh, uh, Tom Rob, Brady. Rob, 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 we can't let you gloss over that. I can't let you throw that <laughs> what? out there I'm just and giving not you... push back a little bit. You can push a quarterback back. to go to nine Super Bowls and win six of them in the salary cap era, which is something that Joe Montana didn't have to deal with, that is special. And Tom Brady also won, got, he's been very lucky. And if you want me to give it to you, I'll give it to you with the tuck rule. Wait a minute. Explain the the luck in this. I'll give it to you. You ready? All right, let me give it to you, Chris. Here it is. Yeah, here it is. Uh, The tuck rule. They never should have won that. They never should have even been in that Super Bowl. He got lucky on that. He coughed up the football, got it back. There was the uh, Carolina Super Bowl when the, when uh, Carolina's kicker kicked the ball out of bounds, gave it to him on the 40. There was the Seattle. They're at the one-yard line with the best running back in the league, and they throw the football into an interception. There's Atlanta, 28-3, to and they run the ball three times in the second half. I can go on and on. Last Super Bowl that he won, he threw no touchdowns. And if it wasn't for the great defense, so I'm not saying he's a bum or he can't play, but he's been very fortunate. Rob, let me break this down for you because you say lucky. I'm going to tell you what Tom Coughlin used to always tell us. Luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And to win a championship, which I've won, you have to have some breaks in the game go your way and be in position to be able to take advantage of them. And the one thing you can say in the Belichick-Brady tenure of Patriots football, they have always – made sure that they've taken advantage of the opportunities and the rules of the game and, and, and done it at a level that nobody else in the NFL has. So that's, that, that, to me, is slighting some of the greatness, some of the brilliance that we've seen from this Patriots organization the last two decades. And they also have been caught for cheating in the organization, which everybody poo-poos and acts like it didn't happen. Joe Montana doesn't have any of that on his resume about Rob, the, Rob, the cheating know, no, that went oh, on. Oh, 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 Tom Rob, Brady, Tom talk, Brady Rob, got suspended. I gotta you. Rob, i got to stop you because you're saying that because it hasn't been publicized. But let me tell you this. Going back to Spygate in 2007, you think the Patriots were the only team in the NFL that did, had they, film of opposing, team, opposing teams' practices? Do, then, then why in the world did Bill Belichick get the, the uh, highest fine of any NFL coach if everybody well, was they, doing it? Eric Mangini was on his staff. Eric Mangini was on his staff. Rob, Rob, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, they were not the only team in the NFL at that time that had practice film from the other team. They weren't. They were just US, the first team to get caught. And Tom Brady got suspended for no reason because the league just wanted to uh, soil his name, right? One of the great players in the league that just wanted to soil his name. Is that why he got suspended for four games? Right. What I'm trying to explain to you is teams and players are constantly looking for a competitive advantage. And, yeah, the Patriots are habitual line steppers. But I don't want you to believe that there's this 
there's this league of purity outside of what's happening up in Foxborough. Because there are 31 other teams that are doing things along the same lines. Maybe they're not going as far as the Patriots are, but there are other teams that are trying to do similar things. I want to ask you one other thing. Is The reason that Tom Brady had no takers is because basically he's a fossil and other people realize that at 43 years old, which he'll be this season, there's a chance that he won't have the, some of the success that he's had. And number two, nobody wanted to pay a 43-year-old quarterback two years, $50 million guaranteed. Which one stopped most teams from uh, even entertaining the idea of Tom Brady? Here's the thing, Rob. I think that the Chargers were also in on Tom Brady, and I know it came down to years and being uh, in proximity to family. Tom Brady's making his home now in the New York City area, so he wanted to stay on the East Coast, so the prospect of flying back and forth to L.A. just didn't appeal to him. But uh, as far as being in position to have success, I just saw Bruce Arians have the number one passing attack with a quarterback that threw 30 interceptions. I think when you look at the marriage between Arians' offense and Tom Brady's skill set, coupled with the weapons that they have down in Tampa, two Pro Bowl caliber receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cameron Brate, and O.J. Howard at the tight ends, I think you would feel good about Tom Brady being in a position to have production. Now, you're talking about a much tougher division, but I think everybody would be excited to see what Tom Brady still has left in the tank and to see which one – Tom Brady or Bill Belichick has more success in the 2020 year. Tom Brady will be Michael Jordan the way he ended his career with the Wizards. Tom Brady won't make the playoffs next year with Tampa Bay. Remember I told you that, Chris. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I, I, feel like that's a, I feel like that's an easy position to take considering it was a 7-9 team last year. All right. Never made the playoffs in 12 years, and you got a 43-year-old quarterback. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. That's not a hot take, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) You can hot take when everybody thinks they're going to the Super Bowl. Everybody's talking about going to the Super Bowl. I tell you what. I tell you what. We'll revisit this conversation a year from now because I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoff picture in a crowded NFC. And keep in mind, NFL just changed the playoff format. There will be three wild-card teams in the playoffs in each conference. You can follow him on Twitter at ChrisCanny99. That is at ChrisCanny99, Super Bowl champion, Sorry, Fox Jason. Sports 1 NFL analyst. <laughs> it's all good, man. Chris, you didn't think you were in for that conversation, I but know. appreciate it's you a, stopping by with us, Chris, my friend. Chris, that's a good morning conversation. Everybody in America is up now. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> Chris Candy, all of our guests are brought to you by Mercedes AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way in the all-new GT four-door coupe because life is a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. And remember, if you missed any of our celebrity interviews this week from Mercedes AMG Man Cave, just go to the Dan Patrick app where you can watch and listen from inside the Mercedes AMG Man Cave. Mercedes AMG, driving performance uh so yeah rob not not you know but that's what i like about radio sometimes you know where things are going sometimes you don't and <laughs> I, I just want i wanted to sit back and go okay i'm watching like you know this is like a big prize fight going on right now <laughs> this is like you know creed and drago you know the second one you know not the first one you know yes. I'm, I'm watching this back and forth going oh this is entertaining this is kind of fun it, it, it was fun you know my passion when it comes to tom brady and the patriots and Whenever people just give them a pass, I just cannot stand there. I'm going to be the NFL gatekeeper, and I'm not going to just give them a pass until everybody, oh, everybody else does it. No other coach has been fine like that, and Brady was suspended, not because the NFL just wanted to suspend Tom Brady. Those are just facts, and uh, people can poo-poo them all they want, but there's a reason that you're filming people. And go ask the Rams, the greatest 
show on turf that scored 13 points in the Super Bowl after being double-digit favorites and ask them if they think that the Patriots didn't have film on them. Go ask them. Twitter at how about a fresca Rob at Rob Parker FS1. How about we do this coming up next? Because one GM said the Pats are still the team to beat in the AFC East, and you think the Patriot and you think the Bucks are not going to the playoffs with Tom Brady. Coming up next, we'll break down the odds of both of these teams and what to expect this coming season in the NFL. Keep it right here. Jason Smith, Rob Parker, in for Dan and the Danettes. This is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You started something a few minutes ago with this whole, with the, the hating of Tom Brady that you have turned into an art form, Rob Parker. I'll tell you, <laughs> it is, it, this is not just like hot take theater. You have just, this is now like kids are going to take classes in college in the future about this. Hey, I'm just, I'm the most objective reporter who's ever covered Tom Brady. That's all I'm going to say. They just had a poll up in uh, Boston at WEEI Radio and uh, the afternoon show. There's three guys there who host and they all had three ballots. You had to put three, three names on uh, for each ballot. And I made everybody's ballot. I wasn't number one on anybody's ballot, but I made all three. So I consider myself the winner. <laughs> all right. So we're, we're Two things to, to examine now as we had the conversation about Brady and, and where you think he is. Let's go with the Buccaneers this season first, where, where we think they're going to wind up. Because you say they're not going to end up in the playoffs. And it's, it's, it's honestly, Rob, look, being a Jets fan, it's hard for me to see this year the Bucks not end up in the playoffs. Because, the, look, this is a pretty talented team. And Brady is not going to find the fountain of youth, but he's not going to make the mistakes that Jameis Winston made. He's going to be able to throw the football up to his, to his weapons, who are way better than what he had in New England. And this is a team that, quite honestly, I can see. I think they're going to win the division or be one of the top wild cards because they're, they're going to catch lightning in a bottle this year. Brady's going to come in. Everybody's going to fall in line. He's going to lead us here. There's going to be that belief in themselves from the beginning of the season. Bruce Arians, we know what he's done. Look at the list of quarterbacks he's worked with. It's a who's who of best quarterbacks in the history of the National Football How League. How many times has he made the playoffs? All right, no, you're right. You're you're right. You're right. But ha- but this is a different situation. No, but most- but I'm but I'm just no, saying right. everybody gives Bruce Arians like he's some uh, Super Bowl winner every year, or his team is always in a play. It's not the case. And Jason, this is this is fun. This is the same hysteria we had last year when the Browns got OBJ. Okay, it was. The networks all said, we got to get the Browns on. Oh, my God. The Browns are going to win the division. The odds of the Browns winning the Super Bowl went from a million to 14 to one. You remember that? Oh, Oh, yeah. It was all about the Browns because who are you going to stop? Look at that. They got running backs. Kareem Hunt's coming back. They got uh, all all these wide receivers. Don't forget – their quarterback had uh, improved the last part of the year. Nobody looked at it that he, that he beat bad teams in Baker Mayfield, but, but everybody was so juiced about where the Browns were going. Did they make the playoffs? No. Okay, but and, and, okay, and but here, two okay so let me, okay, let me just ahead. finish the part. And the, and the other part is the same here. You guys can go ahead and poo-poo 
New Orleans, Poo Poo, Atlanta, and it's automatic. The Bucks haven't made the playoffs in 12 years for a reason. You're getting a 43-year-old quarterback who, who knows, might not even be able to really get the ball to those dynamic receivers that you're talking about. And nobody is going to be surprised by the Tampa Bay Bucks when they show up this coming season. It'll be all out about the Bucks, about stopping Tom Brady, and you watch and see. They will not make the playoffs despite what people look are looking at on paper. It doesn't work like that in the NFL. All right. All right. First of all, who would you rather have as a head coach, Bruce Arians or Freddie Kitchens? Is it even close between I, Bruce I Arians and Freddie Kitchens? All right. Okay. But you're, you're talking about a guy that needed to be able to take all these different personalities and mesh them together, and that was awful. Odell Beckham coming into the Browns is not – Tom Brady's not coming into the into the Bucks and upsetting the apple cart and being a big distraction. Look, Odell Beckham came in and have a bad year. How much does a guy love football? I don't know. You know, and, and that's a big thing with Odell Beckham. But I think you're overestimating how easy – not how easy, but – we're talking about making the playoffs. This is not the Super Bowl. This is we're adding a wild card team into the mix so this year. If it was so easy, they wouldn't have been and out of the playoffs for 12 so you years. Win, so you win not – okay, would you rather have Tom Brady or Jameis Winston? No, but I'm saying he threw okay. for 5,000 yards, and yes, he had a lot of turnovers, but he also had 30 touchdowns. They still weren't able to win. My point is that, yes, is Tom Brady – uh, probably going to throw less touch, less interceptions than Jameis Winston? Yes, I, I, I'll give you that. 100%. I expect him to throw less than 30 t- interceptions. But I don't, I'm not so sure of where Tom Brady is. I saw Tom Brady last year, and I thought there was he had one of his worst years. They were the worst, Jason, uh, 8-0 team I had ever seen. And, and people were ranting and raving, oh, they're going undefeated and all that. They were not that good. And even a 12-4, and we saw what happened. I don't believe in Tom Brady as we move forward. I think you guys are, give, are living in the past on Tom Brady. And everybody used to always say, Tom Brady does more with less than anybody. And then last year they said, well, what do you expect? He doesn't have anything. So which one is it? That he does more with less or that he didn't have anybody? Well, look, the decline is here for Brady. And look, and, and I, this is not going to be one of those years where he finds the fountain of youth, but he's going to do enough to get the team in the playoffs. It's going to be a lot like when Joe Montana went to the Chiefs, right? He had enough, a little bit of magic that first year. He had his moments, right? He had some time where, boy, he didn't look like Joe Montana, but he had some times where here, here's a, here's a last-second comeback in Monday Night Football. He'll have enough to get them in the playoffs because let's say, let's say Brady throws between 25 and 30 touchdowns. He's only going to throw about eight or ten interceptions. All right, now you're, you're, you're cutting 20 off of that total from last year. The That will be enough to get the Bucks nine or ten wins and get in the playoffs, and that's what I think you're looking at right now. They're not going to go 13-3 and three and suddenly have home field advantage in the playoffs, but getting in, I, I, I think it's going to be a lot easier for them to get in the playoffs than you think it is because you're already taking a team with some pretty good talent so far. Yeah, I'm just not there. I've seen the hype done by, by guys all the time. Every time somebody moves, it's, it's going to move the needle and change the NFL. I'm just not buying it. And, and I get the, the Kitchens thing. He wasn't the right coach. I said it when they hired him. It didn't make any sense. But uh, Bruce Arian, I think, has been to playoffs twice in his career. I'm not buying it. Jason Smith, Rob Parker, in for Dan in the Den. That's a big story out of the NBA coming up next. This is Fox Sports Radio. Dan Patrick Show. 